I was spending some time, you know, in thought in, in preparation to interaction today. And it, it made me realize, you know, how critical it is actually to have people in your life who believe in you when perhaps you don't yet believe in yourself. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. It's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast and you're in for a treat today. So let me just introduce today's podcast and where we are right now in the world or what I think where we are in the world. So we are in a time when people are deeply in their heads and I've been a victim to this myself many years ago and we have as a population just become disconnected with our own consciousness this will all make sense as we go through today's episode. So if you're thinking, what is Harms talking about consciousness? What does that mean? This will all be revealed. As a population, the reality is we're being dictated and guided by technology and by the external world to such an extent that people have been disconnected with themselves and their own truth. For this reason, we want to bring in someone who talks into this space on a deep level, just like myself and Ro love to do, and addresses the importance of tapping into our super consciousness. Now that's a powerful word and this will all be revealed. So Ro, over to you to introduce our guest today. <laughs> Thank you, Harms. And greetings, everybody. Thanks for joining us again on the podcast today, particularly as we have one of my favorite people in the world on, a very dear friend of mine who I've known for many years, and you are in for a treat. You're probably going to hear a lot of laughter today and some deep messages. We have a gentleman called Ryan Pinnock. Ryan, say hi so we can hear that lovely voice of yours. Hey, everyone. And, uh, <laughs> I have to say thanks to both of you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I'm very honored to have this opportunity to speak and share with your audience what I think is a really critical topic at this time. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. It is, you know, particularly where we're at the moment. And I know this is an evergreen podcast where people years, years to come will listen to. But the message that Ryan has right now is one that we have to get out. And uh, I've known Ryan for a long time. And the growth that he's gone through and the message that he's, he's expanded into the world is, is just too important. So we have to get it out there. So I'll give you a bit of a formal introduction first as a group so that you understand a little bit of history behind him. So if I'm, if I'm going through this a little bit more formally, because I've got some notes here, Ryan is one of the UK's most 
in-demand speakers. And it's great for me to say that because I remember years ago when that was an aspiration of his. And this is when God was a child, as a friend of ours would say. <laughs> so he's in huge demand in the UK, empowering audiences in applying this whole concept of super consciousness, which we hear about today. And this is used to improve careers, their businesses. So this is targeted to everyday people, entrepreneurs, high-level investors, high-level entrepreneurs, people wanting to improve their relationships, healing themselves, but also improving their lifestyle. And to give you an idea of the scale at which he's taking this message, he shared the stage with people like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who many of you have heard of, Lord Sugar, Alan Sugar, Grant Cardone, who is massive in the, in the world at the moment. You don't get onto these stages unless you've got a big message to share. Just remember that. Andrea Pennington, Lewis Howes, Fabian Fredrickson, who some of you may or may not have come across. It's worth having a look up at some of his work as well. David Goggins, who some of you either relate to or don't, but he's a powerhouse. And, you know, Ryan has been a regular speaker on so many platforms, including Rich Dad Education, The Business Show, The Yes Group, which is huge around the UK and globally, actually, ex expert empires. And that's just to name a few, because I see him, his name pop up all over the place and uh, always spoken very highly of. He moved from Cape Town, so you might have picked up his South African ac accent there, to London in 2000 as an electrical engineer. So far cry from where he is today. But his entrepreneurial spirit, and I met him in that period, by the way, for those of you who wonder our history, I've known Ryan now for, gosh, 15 to 20 years, led him to leave employment and start his own business. A natural entrepreneur, Ryan, you always have been all the time I've known you, to start his own business in real estate, during which he had many successes and he experienced failures. And I was with him along that journey for, for many years. And in fact, for a period, he actually came in and supported and became a great speaker and a teacher, even in that field alone, but had a higher calling. So it was a passion of his and it always has been. And I'm speaking now personally, having watched him for human behavior and spiritual purpose. And it's this passion that led him to discover super, super consciousness. And that is something I've seen him explore from a young age, but just continue to grow and mature and develop as a, as a, as a person growing in this industry and in the world. And for him, it was, you know, this was miss, the missing link that he wanted in all areas of his life. And when you hear his story, and it is a profound story, by the way, and I'm glad that he's actually openly agreed to share this story with us today, which I'm going to ask him to do in a minute. In 2014, he committed fully to teaching this, launching his training company, which I've been very blessed to stick my head in on a few times. And he's been in the same hotel as me sometimes when I've been speaking. The company's called Super Genius. Please go look it up. We'll give you all the details at the end of this podcast. He's since generated over £7 million in revenue due to the effectiveness of his unique methodology market, uh, not just in how he teaches, but how he gets the message out to the world as well. Ryan's one of the unique educators that can take someone through this process and as a result, see huge transformations. And for me to say that, having been in this field for 30 years, uh, you know, I don't say that about everybody and, and Harminda knows that I'm very specific about who I put on a pedestal and say, this is somebody you've got to go and see. And I say that to a lot of people who are out there. And he's done this not just, most people think, oh, well, surely this is personal development. No, we're talking about he's helped people elevate their businesses, their career, their relationships, their health, total fulfillment in their lives. So, you know, you've got to buckle up, be prepared to take on a really freestyle 
experience today. We're really in for a privilege and we're going to try and squeeze as much time out of him as we can. Ryan, it's an absolute pleasure. And I think in transitioning over to you, first of all, I just want to say as a dear friend as well, thank you for coming on. And just as a close friend of yours, it's an inspiration to see the change in you as a person and the messages I hear from different people as I go out and, you know, they know that I know you and they're like, oh my gosh, he's changed my life. So, you know, thank you for being here today on behalf of both myself and Harminda. The people listening range from about 1820 right through to 60, 70 years of age. We've got a global community following us right now. So it'd be lovely for us to hear your story, Ryan. Just, just take us through it and bless us with what happened to you. And how did you get to this point now in your life? Thanks, Ro. And gosh, just listening to that introduction, coming from you, because I've heard my introduction a few times in the last six years, <laughs> hearing yeah. it coming from you, I actually got quite emotional, if I'm honest, because, you know, I, I was thinking about our call today and just ruminating on it. And, you know, I'm yeah. lucky to, to have a bit of freedom in time and really uh, put a lot of thought into things. I like to prepare. I like to imagine i like to meditate <laughs> mm. and i was spending some time you know in thought in, in preparation to interaction today and it, it made me realize you know how critical it is actually to have people in your life who believe in you when perhaps you don't yet believe in yourself that's not something i've actually shared and it's not really a lesson i thought was useful or important but in preparation for today, I've reflected on our relationship. And, yeah. you know, I have to say, I'm sincerely, eternally grateful for the significant impact that you've had uh, in my life. You know, perhaps we haven't been in touch for quite some time. We're all going off creating our dreams and mm. families and purpose and so forth. But we've always had this connection. We might spend the next 90 minutes just thanking each other, by the way. There may be, I, I've maybe... got, no, I've, I've got, t- I've got a lump in my throat. You, you've got me welling we, up. We might not actually give any of the listeners oh any value here. We might just end up thanking each Break other. Break it up, tonight. guys. This That's why I'm here. This, this is a That's first why I'm time here. on a podcast. I'm getting, I'm actually getting emotional listening to you. But seriously, right. I, I realized that actually one of the most mm. critical structures, things that maybe whether it was lucky or through design or whatever the case is, I'm really have to acknowledge every single person who systematically in a way, almost through some divine intervention to speak a little crazy, who yeah. just believed in me enough to make me go to the next step. Yeah. And I was doing some of the super conscious work that I teach people this morning. I've got a morning ritual that I empower people in. And I'll probably tell you straight up right now in my journey, I'm 41 and a half at this stage. I'm probably believing in myself only now enough to maybe not need to rely on other people to believe in me and i think that's really important you know people like yourself who are mentors people who've been bashed around by the ups and downs of life and yes we are interacting now at a very unique time in in our history and there'll be many more ups and downs both personally for people who are listening listening to this who may not have impacted or being impacted by the current circumstances, but when they listen to this in one, two, five, ten, ten years' time, are going through perhaps a relationship roller coaster or a health roller coaster, which people are starting to become more aware of, or a mental and emotional roller coaster. So you, know, you just need people around you who will just dust you off when yeah. when you've been battered by circumstances, tenants. 
yeah, right. <laughs> we, we met in the property game, right? I, I got battered by some tenants the first time around. I was naively too entrusting on my uh, tenancy approval process, right? So, right. So I just want to say thank you so much, Matt. Like I, I really, you know, you're the guy that said you can be a speaker, and I remember. You, you gave me the microphone and in a property seminar said, uh, share your story. And I, I don't yeah. think I said a word. I just broke down. I wonder what the audience thought. But for me, that was cat- a massive, massive catalyst. Mm. And I think the really empowering thing that gives me hope, I suppose, is that it doesn't matter where someone comes from. If you somehow force your way into a situation where you are surrounded by people who believe in your dreams, even at a stage where you maybe don't even know what your dreams are. Well, you know what? I think that's half the battle. And, you know, I could, I could share my story and share my battles. You know, <laughs> I grew up, anyone who's watched a TV series called Sons of Anarchy, I grew up in that environment. My dad was the president of a, one of the largest motorcycle gangs in, in South Africa. Very violent, very alcoholic, very racist, kind of determine my values, I suppose, you know, my fighting spirit for, mm-hmm. for human nature and humankind. At the age of 19, I created a situation where my first girlfriend fell pregnant and I used to allow people to bully me, you know, particularly people who had uh, positions of authority. So I had serious dysfunction around being submissive to powerful people, which is a problem because I was destined to be powerful as a speaker, you know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, massive right. conflict of tension, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And so, you know, in, inside I had this intuitive desire to shed light and empower people and this huge trauma because of my relationship with my father around standing up for myself. And at, at 19, uh, it was probably a make or break situation for me. I failed as a father, abandoned my responsibilities of, of looking after and, and fighting really for the one thing that has been the most beautiful, loving experience I've ever had in my life. And that was to bring a daughter into the world. I just didn't have courage or power or belief in myself to fight a family who said that I would be a failure as a father. I I believe that nonsense. Yeah. I believe that my girlfriend's family said, you know, Ryan, you, you come from an area where no one achieves anything and you're not going to be a good father. So we want you to leave. And I I bought that story, you see. And Ryan, sorry to jump into the story there. One of the things you mentioned when, you know, you, you described your connection with Roe is Roe at, at a point in time believed in you. So is it fair to say that at this point in your journey or your story that there wasn't anybody around you who believed in you, but what they were doing in, in fact is the complete opposite. Is that fair to say? I would say there wasn't one single person who believed in me, even down mm. to my parents. And I love my parents, right? You know, I really do. I've really learned how to love people from different perspectives. The, the, tr- the true meaning of unconditional love, you see? Yeah, so, absolutely. So I could see my mom's pain. She wanted to be a, a grand, but she took she made the situation her own problem. She didn't ask me how I was. Uh, my dad was at that stage off the rails alcoholically and wasn't around. So I obviously just completely went through an utter demise in my mental, emotional state. I was very suicidal. I, I suppose, if I can say this, fortunately started drinking and taking drugs. I was... I was a pretty much a poster MS fashion model up until that stage, you know, very geeky, very nerdy, um, <laughs> an absolute, you know, worked on my homework and behaved myself really, really well and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then kind of lost, lost the plot a bit. 
and mm. somehow my my work ethic was always there i got to thank my grandparents for that and i landed myself in england electrical engineer and i um i very quickly my addiction led me to really serious physical situation uh, as a result of a rare heart condition and there was a p- turning point when i was in charing cross hospital uh, here in london where one of the physicians said to me if you don't stop doing cocaine you're going to die and i said yeah cool no problem you know five days later i was doing cocaine again and i realized i've got a problem here like i actually don't know how to stop right so i learned i went on a whole journey on addiction and spirituality and and that kind of really opened up my mind. I got into personal development, walked on fire, walked on glass, jumped out planes. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> like, actually happy people. This is amazing. I didn't know happy people existed, you know. I thought it was just people addicted to happiness, yeah. <laughs> it was profound, right? And, and that was really the start of my journey. And, I've never and just back. to help our listeners out, because we do have, so the Growth Tribes has this mixed voice between the older generation and the younger generation. What age group were you in? Because there will be a lot of people listening thinking, that's exactly where I feel I'm at the moment, Ryan. Yeah. What kind of age group were we talking about here? I was mid-20s. Right. Uh, I was totally clueless around life, totally clueless around everything, you know, entrepreneurship, money management, mental, emotional well-being. I, I was probably one of the lowest forms of consciousness anyone can have on the planet, apart from being homeless on the street. And, and the reason I'm very direct with that, and I'm not ashamed to say that, is I hope people can draw inspiration from this, mm. you know, because I can often beat myself up when I look at my peers in our industry row. You know, we've got a lot yeah. of great people that we work with. Yeah. And, and I can compare myself financially. I can compare myself in, in other ways. And it's times like this when I get asked my story. I don't actually get asked my story a lot. Mm. Then I go, my goodness, I, you know, wow. Like, if, if you said that I'd be where I am today in 15 years' time or whenever I started my, my journey, I, I, I would say that was impossible. Yeah. So it's, it's quite profound how we oscillate between, I think we all suffer from this, how we oscillate between feeling not good enough and then gratitude and then not good enough and then gratitude. It's quite strange. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that was an important point, Ryan. So thanks for sharing that because if somebody is 20, 22, 25 and they are in that feeling of, oh, I'm never going to get to a point that I'll be happy with or content with or whatever that success mission is for them, that's an important message because it's such a contrast to where you was to where you are now in which we described in your bio. So that's I think that's useful for the listeners, especially someone who's in their mid-20s who may feel completely lost. It might not be to the extent that somebody is addicted to drugs, but it could be somebody who's just completely lost and so far away from what they think they is success for them or what they would like to do in their own life. So hopefully we start to help them unlock that path today. Or the other side of it is, as Ryan's described, is not necessarily addiction, but being consumed by other people's opinion of them and, and believing that. Yeah. And I think that's a distinct message that's coming out already. I remember in 2006, 2007, walking on a hill back of my house. You might remember, Ryan, because you came yeah. over and spent some time there. And we went through really, I mean, there's a lot of history here that most people don't know about you and I, but I remember walking, looking out over Herefordshire and, and you and I just exploring ideas and you aspiring to all these things. And just I could see it. I mean, for the for the listeners, if you don't see it in yourself, find someone that you trust that you believe speaks the truth. And I just remember openly sharing what I saw in you. And although you might not necessarily see in the full extent, I could see it. And you have literally manifested that. And that was actually about fourteen years ago. Huh. It's crazy, bro. Yeah. It's a long time. I, I have to say, I as a result of 
seeing your house back then, I do now have a top of the range Bose surround system. When I started making proper money, when I started making proper money, I was like, in, in property, I was like, mate, I don't have a house, but I'm getting a Bose surround sound system. So <laughs> I remember sitting, you know, yeah, yeah, that was great. We used to sit and listen, but it was about enjoying the moment. And, right. and we were just really, I remember how connected we were at that time. Yeah. To, to put you in the picture, Harminder, it was like a plot surrounded by 40, 50 acres of land around us and uh, a hot tub in the middle of nowhere. And, Ryan, Ryan, and anyone listening to this, Ryan was at a point, and sometimes you don't know you're there, and I guess because I was that little bit older, I could feel it. He was at a point where he was just exploring and it was a space just with no limits, wasn't it? It was just mm. that limit. It was a limitless conversation that we were having. Yeah. You, you know, Havinda, I've got to go back to something you said, which is about feeling lost, right? The first moment I really felt lost, I was 17 and I started to realize I was coming to the end of my school career mm. and I did exactly what everyone told me to do. You know, I mm. really worked hard. I... I'm not being modest here, but I wasn't the I wasn't the naturally smart kid. I got great grades because I, I just worked my socks off and I really studied and, and, and found my own method of learning. In fact, I've got to really honor my grand for this because my grand recognized that the best way for me to learn was to teach. So I used to teach. I taught my grandparents through my high school career. I, I could possibly have put them in an exam room and they would have done really well. So, <laughs> so isn't it interesting how my grand maybe spotted potential in me as a teacher? Right, before right, I even... right. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. So, and so take so us back to the 20s. Ca- carry the story there. on. Sorry, right. so, Just my point there quickly is that that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Right. And that was, and that was the first stressful moment of my life where I was like, gosh, why am I here? That's when the addiction to finding okay. meaning and purpose started. Okay. And I would, I would say for most of my 20s, that was probably my biggest stress was why am I here? What's my purpose? Right. What's my meaning? Right. You know? Just searching. Yeah. And I so, think our education system doesn't help us with that. You know, think not at all. That. Well, fundamentally, I mean, we've, you know, we've made a choice to pull, that's another story, pull our daughter out of the system, but that's for another conversation. Uh, so you're in your 20s, you're here, you've yeah. gone through the shift, carry on the journey because it's a fascinating unfold. Well, I, I remember distinctly where I was when I said something to you and I was a bit by your response, if I'm honest. You know, I was on a virgin train, right? I can't remember why I was traveling somewhere. I might've been doing a, a talk for Rich Dad or something, traveling to the next venue. And we were doing great work. I mean, you know, I really have the hugest respect and gratitude for my opportunity to work within the Rich Dad environment. And, and what I was fascinated with, and, and I think this was the nature of our conversation, was why is it that some people get different results mm. in that environment when we're, yeah. all, when we're teaching them the same stuff? Like, how does, yeah. what's that problem? I want to fix that problem, right? So, so I was really annoyed and frustrated with that uncertainty why why was that happening and i said to you specifically Ro, you know we are here to do greater things than speaking for rich dad no disrespect yeah and you were like what is that and i went, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and that's where i just went okay i'm gonna go all in on figuring out how do i help the people who are not getting the results because it's great when you're teaching, let's say, real estate or, or anything, entrepreneurship. We were very fortunate enough to work together and launch a, a very good business brand. Business That's right. Brand. And, and I, 
you know, it's, it's cool seeing people get the results on their own. But I suppose maybe because of my background, I wanted to help the person who was least likely to be successful Absolutely. to get the benefit, right? And so that's why I then started on, you know, by then I'd done lots of personal development, but I saw the same results. People were going to big seminars, 13,000 people. Exactly. Getting variable results. And I'm like, mate, this content's great. The teacher's great. But the audience were getting mixed reactions. Like, why is that? Yeah. And I realized it came down to consciousness. And that's when I, when I discovered consciousness, when I discovered the subconscious mind, when I discovered that, you know, according to Carl Jung from the age of zero to seven, we go through an individuation experience where we make up beliefs that ingrain our consciousness, that drive our behaviors, our thoughts, our emotions. And when you heal that, you can be great and everyone can do it. I was like, look, this is going to be a tough sell, you know, in terms of actually making money, that selling consciousness is actually quite difficult. And convincing people that it's important is, is very difficult, mm. but I, I, I just, I'm going to do it. So that's kind of what I was doing from the age of 34, 35. In fact, I was talking to my financial director today and I realized the, my seminar company, when I actually went to my own, was incorporated five years ago last week. So uh, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It, it feels like a hundred years, but with all the ups and downs. So, so I, I believe that, you know, our planet it doesn't matter when people are listening to this, by the way. I think the number one problem our planet has is consciousness. Things like environment, social situations, what we're seeing on the television right now about racism and Black Lives Matter, all very good movements. And I believe that if we can raise the consciousness of the planet, we wouldn't have to be protesting. These situations would naturally mm. resolve themselves in love. Agreed. And I think that's the difficulty that people wrestle with because in order to do that they have to take responsibility for that as well whereas the ones that don't have that level of consciousness can just point the finger at somebody else and don't want to take responsibility for the fact well i can be more conscious about that yeah mm, yeah because well, if, we, if we, we go when, for it one when, when you said Ro, tell your story for the first time right i think i was 24 25 26 yeah. somewhere around there at rich the way i would have said the story back then which is exactly how herminda started this podcast it's a very intelligent introduction actually I would have said my girlfriend's father bullied me into not having access to my daughter. I would have came from a powerless perspective. I don't yeah. like the word victim because I think I need to respect or anyone that uses the word victim. People are victimized. You know, people are experiencing tough stuff in, in life. I, I would rather use the word powerless. Whereas now I'm going, you know what? The, the level of depth that I go into people's consciousness, I can see how a childhood incident that I experienced, you know, at the age of six weeks yeah. was programmed into my consciousness. And I attracted a behavior from my girlfriend's father where he bullied me. Now this is, we've gone straight from white belt conversation to black belt within 30 seconds. I appreciate yeah. that. But, but the benefit of taking responsibility of your reality, number one, and then asking and finding out how in your consciousness you are orchestrating what's going on in your reality, in your mind, well, that gives you power because then even if you have coronavirus or Brexit or whichever the next crisis is going to be, you can always still create your dreams. You're not, a, you're not powerless to your circumstances. And, and this is crucial, right? And, and the, the difficult part is <laughs> I've had thousands of people come to my workshops over the last five years and you really 
have to have courage to take 100% responsibility for, for your life. It's, it's a very brave decision to make in, in a person's existence, you know. I agree. I remember years ago hearing John Kehoe talk about it and I was sat in the audience and I, and there was people next to me literally moving in their seats and some people were looking down when he said, take responsibility for everything. If you've made a lot of money, great. But if you've lost a lot, it's your fault. You can see people going, no, it wasn't. It was my boss. <laughs> totally. exactly. It's that, yeah. it's that head, not that deeper level of understanding. And by the way, I just want to say, I love your word powerless. I think you know, shifting away from the concept of victim. I agree. I mean, some people can create a sense of being a victim by their language patterns, but there are others that genuinely experience it. So it's a nice shift in language. And just a, a note on what Ryan said in addition, which is, I love this phrasing where you explain that we've gone from a white belt conversation to a black belt conversation <laughs> immediately. So for listeners listening, you will know that the typical conversation myself and Ro have, and what I love is Ryan is completely aligned with that, is we are we do typically go straight into black belt <laughs> conversations. So I'm glad we've shifted there straight away. But I think that is one of the challenges, period, with lots of stuff and topics and external forces that hit the world, which is everybody's having that white belt conversation, but nobody's tapping into their consciousness, which hopefully you're going to explain in a moment, which starts to escalate us up to be able to have a black belt conversation because we have to go there. And I don't know if people are equipped to do it. I don't know if people are open to doing it, but it's, maybe it's just so much easier to have that white belt conversation and blame people. Well, okay. So while you're on the, on the, on with us now, cause we're a bit older than you harms. Do you think that millennials at the moment, cause I think a lot of millennials talk black belt, but they act white belt. I think they want to, they want to be seen yeah. to be in the black belt world. You know, it's very topical at the moment to talk about consciousness and meditation, but they're not acting that way. They're acting like white belts. W- would that be a fair statement or is that me being a, an old bully? <laughs> okay, so to process that, I think, I think people would like to think they're having a black belt conversation because, you know, if you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you can say something in 180 characters and sound super smart. Right. But like, you, like you've said, in terms of action is what dictates how things play out and very much people are having the white belt. And I think partly that is because there is a missing level of experience between the white belt and black belt. Like how many people go through the process Ryan has and go through, Ryan explained, I've done all of this personal development, I've walked on fire and I've gone through all of this, which is a form of experiential learning that is taking people from white belt to black belt because we can all talk black belt, but unless we've experienced something to to be able to back that up, it's very difficult. So I'm blessed to be on a podcast for the listeners with a Rohan, a Dr. Ro and a Ryan who've both gone through this. And now I'm feeding and hopefully you're feeding off their experiential learning here. So that's probably my answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, I'm sure you see people come through the door at your events or if you're working with them privately and there's a desire there, but there's also that they know they have to go there, that they can't watch this anymore. They have to move into the experience as opposed to be an observer of it and intellectualizing it. Yeah. I, I, you know, what? it's a great question you asked, Robert, because I think both of you are right because the world is just way more polarized. Yeah. You know, social media has a profound effect in terms of its ability to educate and empower. And then which, which, by the way, which, by the way, you saw years ago, that was one of your passions. Remember? Yeah. 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 yeah, I used to run social media trainings, try to figure out what I was going to say on the way there. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is this still recording? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but but get this right like how much hate and impact does that hate have mm. on social media on people we we recently sadly had caroline flack you know take her life because of the criticism i think the world's really polarized right now and you guys may or may not be aware of this but one of the fundamental philosophies that i teach which really was like a, a light bulb moment for me was an introduction to hermetic philosophy so that's hermetic philosophy h-e-r-m-e-t-i-c that that's the foundation of what i teach you can read up on this it's for free uh, you can download a pdf of the basic text uh, it's called the kybalion k-y-b-a-l-i-o-n it's a very ancient philosophy in fact it's what the secret tried to teach in the in, in the in the dp yeah. but they left half of the important stuff out so and i don't think that's to anyone's fault i think it's just part of the process it's, it's but, a white belt yeah but but the problem is you have something called a pendulum which is always swinging right so if we i, I love business you know i know you guys love business uh, so forgive me if i talk too much about business it's just my my instinct but markets go up markets go down tides go in tides go out uh, relationships go up relationships go down right so so when you realize that the whole world is just an ongoing pendulum well right. then firstly you're going to realize actually the market going down is not a bad thing it's nature you just got to adapt and change your approach and still keep your eye on the ball so the analogy i use is imagine being on a plane and you have turbulence well, you're not going to die from turbulence, although it does feel like that sometimes. You just got to make sure the plane continues flying in the direction of where you were destined to go. That's mm -hmm. life, right? So we all experience turbulence. So what I'm noticing, and this shocked me actually, was, yes, you're right. I have lots of people come to my events. Lots of really young people as well. Right? Probably more young people in their 20s, even 18, 19, 20 years old, coming to my workshop. I've actually opened the doors now to, to younger people because the desire is there. And I, I would, I remember stopping this one dude, you know, total dude, right? Total millennial. And I said to him, mate, can I ask you a question? What the hell are you doing at a consciousness workshop? And he said, uh, what do you mean? And I had a conversation with him for about 40 minutes at a really black belt level. And I said, uh, with all due respect, where the hell did you learn all this? And now I'm going to start showing my age, you know, at that <laughs> point of my life where I'm going to start saying this. And he said, dude, I learned all this on YouTube and I was like, that makes sense. I was like, this, the information's all online. Whereas right. I, I didn't have that luxury. You didn't have that luxury, right? You know, yeah. you, you had to like get uh, projected. Tablets. Yeah. yeah you know, like, <laughs> it's not, it's not you, tablets I found somewhere. Yeah, you had to read it from the stars, <laughs> mate. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had to get like VHS and tapes and like, you know, <laughs> rewind it and all that kind of stuff. So, so I just went, wow, how powerful is information? How powerful is connectivity? And also how destructive can it be? So I think, you know, I think this is a time where people like us need to have very frank conversations with people and wake people up and say, listen, yeah, mate, stop acting like a, stop acting dysfunctionally and mistreating people and get your act together. And, and I, you know, I have an interesting style because I'm very fun. I'm very humorous. But I'm also quite real about mm. what it takes to get results. Yeah. My, my fiance came to my workshops when she was 19. She's now turning 26 soon. Yeah. And she consumed consciousness content through Mind Valley, which is a fantastic platform. One I intend to make a second place compared to me. <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, she's doing meditation. She's interested. She didn't have the advanced application that she was learning uh, or trying to get from the meditations. And there she is. She's created an amazing life. 
She's a very high consciousness person. She's created fantastic opportunity in the dance industry, which is quite a difficult dance industry to, to generate an income in. You know, she's she's dances for Island Records, Sony, Universal, and uh, again had to overcome tremendous inner demons. You know, part of the journey of consciousness is you gotta you gotta battle your demons. I think the one thing that personal development mainstream is missing is the fact that yes, you must focus on your goals, yes, you must have your affirmations, yes, you must have your vision boards. But the more you create, the more your demons try and pull you down, your inner demons, I'm saying, your right. fears, your anxieties, your your, slow, your lack of self-worth. <laughs> Once you get yourself out there, like you do podcasts like this, people start criticizing you. If you're not used to that, it hurts. Absolutely. My, my fiance grew up, you know, half Thai in Birmingham and grew up with a lot of racism. And so she was born to dance, but created tremendous fear around standing out. So she squashed that inner uh, desire to dance and never actually manifested it in any way until she came and did some genius workshops with me. And and now you can't stop her. I mean, you know, wherever there's music, she's dancing. So. Fantastic. <laughs> Not even so, that can, can keep her down, yeah. <laughs> so that's fasc- fascinating. And I want to take it a couple of belts down and start to define a word which we've used as a phrase, but maybe we haven't explained it to the listeners. So let me get let me get this focus now. So you've explained, you know, that the results that people will start to see and these transformations that you've described within yourself and, and additional stories, these are a direct result of someone's consciousness and the change in that. Now we all have a different understanding of what that means. So for the listeners at home, what in your world, what does that mean? And, and how should people be aware of that? Yeah, that's a great question, right? So very simply, I, I like to think of consciousness uh, as, as a garden. So we, we all we all have a garden, right? And so we all got past experiences, we've got thoughts, we've got feelings, we've got emotions, etc., beliefs, whatever terminology you want to use, things that hold us back possibly. And I like to think of these symbolically as weeds in a garden. You know, let's say you've bought a new property and you, you've got a great vision for the back garden and the front garden. You can imagine your family playing there, etc., etc. But the reality is probably when you buy the property, it probably needs quite a bit of work. So, so the first thing when evolving your consciousness is to actually prepare the soil of your mind for receiving what it is that you want. And you do that by where is my fear coming from? Why, why do I get angry when I see a stranger giving their child a little clip around the ear in a supermarket? Why do I get instant rage when I see that? And when you can weed out the low vibration, the effective, effectively the, the, the program you've got to survive from your consciousness, and then you plug in intuition, you plug in imagination, you plug in love, uh, creativity, purpose. Well, then over time, you start to nurture your dreams. It might start, you know, might take a bit of time. And so, you know, that's that's how I like to explain it. Is we all have a garden of possibility, and you know, we've got I've got a beautiful garden in my house. We we have to get the gardeners around twice a month just to keep it manageable and if i don't manage that garden if we don't get people around to tidy it up and do the great work that they do in in six weeks time it's going to look horrendous so so consciousness isn't like a black and white thing where you're just working on it once you really do need to tend to it i would 
argue on a daily basis if you want to really get close to exploring anything like your full potential. Um, so I hope that makes sense. So just well, let's keep on that theme of nurturing just for a minute. Just want to add something in. Just I'm trying to feed off what you're saying. Expand on nurture. In your mind, what does nurture mean to you? Because someone that hasn't got that level of consciousness might think, well, I went for a walk today and it was a nice sunny day and I took some fresh air and had some nice thoughts. Is that what you're referring to? Or is it something higher up, up the belt scale? Yeah, I, I think the, the cool thing is, you know, as I said, I'm not instinctively a very smart person and anyone can work on consciousness. Um, for me, my, my mission is to be the Henry Ford of consciousness. I want everybody to be excited about consciousness. I don't want to just have people who were born with unicorns at their bedside, you know, exploring consciousness. I want, I want to inspire my mom to be curious about consciousness. I want to inspire my dad to be about consciousness. So I don't think it's something that's for the elite or for people who are really smart. All, all, that, all that we're looking at here is saying, okay, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Mm. And if you want to then understand how to change your life, why do I think that? Why do I feel that? So a lot of mainstream person development will say, change your thoughts, change your feelings. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know why you feel like that, it's a bit like rearranging the chairs on the, on the Titanic. It's, it's futile. But if yeah. I understand, for example, you know, it took me a long time to get into a relationship where I was fully committed. When I understood that because I witnessed my dad severely violating my mother on many levels, that my insecurity in relationship came from that, well, now, now it's like, okay, cool. I've taken that weed out of my consciousness. Yeah. And now I can start putting fertilizer in, which could be love, which could be hanging out with cool people, which could be yoga. You know, we all have intuition. We, we all attract whatever nutrients we can get into our life. Right. Uh, it could be silly things like, you know, I love watching Liverpool play football. Um, one of my passions is riding motorcycles really fast. Whatever we can do to lift our spirits. Mm. Some people like to dance. Some people like to bake. Yeah, go for a walk in nature. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be personal development related, if that makes mm. sense. Whatever brings you joy, do more of that. Because if you then want to really start getting a bit crazy about your ability to synchronistically attract what you want in your life, the more you raise your vibration through what you eat, how you exercise, where you live, who you hang out with, whether you tend to your consciousness, your mind and your thoughts and your feelings, the more you can do all of that, well, then you start to really step into a realm of magic where you can literally have a thought and instantly or within a few hours, you know, you attract someone or an opportunity or an idea to make that thought become a reality. So the thing that is missing in the secret, if we want to go back to that, is the fact that you've got to take your weeds out first that are holding you back. And then you focus on what you want. Right. And I think that's why people struggle with the secret. Yeah. And just for some context for listeners, The Secret is a book and like a video series and, and almost a documentary movie that came out, which very much described the law of attraction. So if you want some context on what Ryan means there, that's what that was about. So this is taking it to the next level. I mean, I'll just add there, and I fully support what Ryan's saying, is The Secret developed a philosophy for a period where people just thought, well, great, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. If I just focus on something I want, it will come to me. But there yeah. was huge gaps in that, as you're describing there. 
So, okay, so I, I'm going to just expand a bit on what you've been talking about. And see if, so we're talking about unleashing this genius that's within each of us. And there's so many different areas we can play with. And maybe between Harms and I, we could explore a few with you. But maybe let's, I, I want to try and create a scenario where you explain to our listeners. So somebody comes to you and they want to work on in their business, for example, and they're, they're looking at a bigger picture in their business in their life. And they say, I want to improve these two areas of my life from your from your perspective, from your view of super genius and how the mind works and the tools and the body and the soul all connected together, what conversation takes place next? Somebody walks up and says, I want to, ex- I want to, ex- I want to expand in these two areas, my business life, and my personal life. What does that conversation look like from your side? Have you got at least seven hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, okay. Yeah, that, have, good. More podcasts <laughs> with Ryan. Yeah, podcast mini series. Hey, so, <laughs> It's a great question, right? Because I think you can't answer this question without defining what genius means. Right. So this is something that I just stumbled across because, you know, a bit like you guys, I super love consuming information and learning about absolutely everything, you know, even down to my passion in motorcycles. I have a motorcycle coach. Like how crazy is that, right? <laughs> so I, I, I came across this idea of genius and I thought, yeah, this is interesting. And we stereotypically would think of a genius as someone who can do a Rubik's cube in three seconds with their eyes closed or, you know, someone who can do Sudoku, someone who's intellectually intelligent. And, and that is a genius. But then we have to acknowledge that you get a humanitarian genius, for example, like Mother Teresa, you get a leadership genius like Nelson Mandela, you get sports genius like Jurgen Klopp, you know, mommy saying, you know, so, so geniuses take on many forms. And when I looked at the original because I am a proper geek. If I if I find a word interesting, I like to look up where did it come from, all that kind of stuff, right? So you can understand why I wasn't in a relationship for a long period of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just not an interesting person. So, so when I looked up the original definition of genius, it actually means a guiding spirit. Mm. How cool is that? That is cool. And that's where the story you rub the lamp and you get three wishes, you know, and the genie comes out. That's the, that's a metaphor for guide. the fact that we uh, all have an uh, inner guiding spirit. Nice. Right. So we all have a 24 seven life coach that we're not employing. And that's what I do. You know, I, I like to empower people in intuition. Mm. Uh, Steven Spielberg calls it the whisper. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was interviewed and they said, if you were to give your sons some advice, what would you say? He said, listen, you all have an inner whisper. It's really quiet. Mm. And you've got to figure out a way. We'll go to Ryan's workshop. That is my edit. Um, <laughs> you've got to figure out a way. <laughs> you've got to figure out a way to listen to the silence of the whisper because it somehow knows what you were born to do. And if you follow that, then you will benefit. And, and he talks about wealth. And the world will benefit from that too. And so that's, I always drive the conversation down to, do you know what your inner whisper is saying to you? Because if not, we need to do work on that. We need to ramp up the volume of your genius, your inner spirit, your inner guide, and quieten down that ego that's telling you that you're not good enough, that you're not going to fit in, that people are going to criticize you, you, that you feel rejected, and all of these things that we've got, right? We're going to quieten the volume of those down and then increase the volume of your whisper and everything else will take care of itself. Hmm. lovely phraseology yeah that's fascinating so so go for it Ro. yeah so so the whispers there and they've got different whispers going on so what would be a typical conversation at that point would it literally start with that 
if somebody came and said, yeah, I, I, you, you I would just start with that point there. You just say to them, okay, yeah, 100%. Well, that, right. That's the foundation of what I teach, right? So, so I would say, hey, have you ever had a situation where you knew you were going to do something and you shouldn't do it and you did it anyway and then you regretted it, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone goes, oh, God, yeah, yeah, oh right. my gosh. Well, <laughs> Particularly when I speak in the property investment space, which is <laughs> funny how I've come full circle and, yeah. and now I'm teaching consciousness mainly at property seminars, which is yeah. really bizarre. I could never have predicted that. That was my whisper, I suppose. So, and so everyone's like, oh, yeah, I knew I shouldn't have got that tenant, but I was just desperate. You know, the stories just right. bubble out. And so, we've got to switch from being masters of intuitive hindsight to masters of intuitive foresight. Nice. Right? Let me give you a quick example. So, strangely, not, I mean, not strange to me, but it, it seems strange. But nine weeks ago, I had a whisper to call my bank manager. Now, him and I have met twice in five years, right? He harasses me. He's like, come around and have tea. I'm like, mate, I don't have time to have tea with you. And I had a feeling to call him. So I called him and I said, hey, Rakesh, how you doing? I'd like to go through, just give you an update as to where you're at. We're actually quite in in a good position. We've got two extra companies. Uh, I just want to give an update on our finances. So I gave him an update on our finances. One week later, Restrictions start kicking in here in the UK because of COVID. And eight, so eight days after speaking to my bank manager, I have a call booked with him as a follow-up call, right? Which is the day after the chancellor announces CIBL loans. So Corona Interruption Business Loans. Yeah. So I was literally his first conversation around how much money can I get? So you might go, oh, yeah, that was lucky and all that kind of stuff. But you see, I, I follow these whispers and they always somehow know where I need to go, even though my rational mind has no idea what's going on. Right. I, <laughs> how many stories do you want? I, I won a legal dispute against Apple to register my company as a trademark against my legal advisor's advice, right? I just followed the whisper. I was like, just do this, tell him this. Um, I, I won a legal dispute against the HMRC who wrongfully penalized me 12,000 pounds when I first started out against my accountant's advice. Mm. And, and so, you know, let's talk a little bit about money because, you know, it's a, people have two big dysfunctions in life, love and money. And I created a very successful seminar business purely based on following my intuition. Yes, I had advisors. Yes, I had mentors. But the reason, mainly the reason I'm successful is I do things very differently. I innovate. I, my, my approach is different. My pitch is different. The way I structure my offer is different. My brand is different. And I think there's value in modeling successful people, mm. but then there's wealth in creating and innovating your own path. Mm. I love that phrase, by the way. Which one? Just repeat that back. I think for I, anyone I don't listen- know what I said, dude. For, any, for anyone listening, that's great. There's value. You have to in, press rewind if you're on a there's, VHS. There's, there's value in modeling people, but there's wealth in creating your own path. Exactly. And and there is there is a point where you have to model people because you're clueless, right? When, yeah. Every time I say to people, you know, when you're starting a journey, you always shit. So just accept that, right? Like when I started, I, I don't know if you know this, bro, but I did uh, stand-up comedy for 12 months. Right? I, I remember. Rubbish, right? I was absolutely rubbish. And so I did some training. I copied other people, but I wasn't going to be great as a result of doing that. 
now I've brought my own style into my speaking. I've got my own comedy style. I've got some really good jokes. I don't actually think people come to my workshops to learn. They come for the entertainment. <laughs> Um, but, but I guess before you find your own way, you have to learn from other people's ways. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and so the big mistake that people make is they continue modeling themselves when actually they should leave the bird's nest, spread their wings and, and, and go and find out what they can potentially bring to the world in a unique genius mm. uh, approach. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, that's totally unique. It's a concept, right? Yeah. It's just a made-up concept, and uh, but one that's plausible, one that has great context, and people can learn from that. John Demartini teaches the Demartini method. So you see, on your journey, there are belts. I like how we spoke about belts, and a black belt makes their own way in life, intuitively. Yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. So that's fascinating, and I just want to shift gears to another topic, which is in congruence with what you're talking about, but it's about now. You know, when somebody opens up their wings and they're almost pursuing their purpose and this is another topic which is which is constant never mind in in people in their 20s they've just left school they've just left university and they go into a job and they instantly feel horrendous because they're nowhere closer to their purpose they've completely suppressed that whisper which you've described so now what if this conversation that we started with somebody first they come to you with business and life they need help there. And then you, you explain to them about this whisper and the closer they get to their whisper, they're going to get closer to their purpose and doing what they want. Now, what if they say to you, okay, but Ryan, how do I find my purpose? What, what do I do here? Now, that's the question. What, what happens if the conversation shifts to, hey, Ryan, I have no idea how to find my purpose. What do I do next? Yeah, powerful. By the way, you articulate what I do better than me. So if, you, uh, if you're looking for a job, just give me a call. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Well, got you, me. You well, are well, very intelligent, yeah. man. I've got to admit, you are a very, very switched-on guy. I'm not surprised uh, you and Ro are creating stuff together. Look, I, I this is this is the big question, isn't it? And and the more I work with people, the more I realize the importance of purpose. I'm I'm very honoured to to do some work in the military. I won't say specifically who because it's it's a bit confidential. But the amount that of is so cool, by the way. Listeners at home are thinking that is that is cool. Who who is this guy now? So I love that. <laughs> but but you know why? Because purpose is relevant to everything in life. You know, whether you're in the military, whether you whether your genius is to work in the corporate world and and go up the pro, um, go up the corporate ladder, that that's cool too. You know, not everyone's born to be an entrepreneur. I think, and and so there's no shame in your journey. You know, not everybody wants to be a gazillionaire. You know, my best friend is is content with his life and he's he's cool, right? I, I sometimes look at his life extreme envy when I'm under a lot of stress. So purpose is critical. And one of the key things you can do, apart from really advanced stuff, is you can start paying attention to what brings you joy and what you love. Now, mm. I was so chronically dysfunctional in having any clue about my real purpose, apart from work, right? Because people will often associate purpose with work. And yes, you've got to find your purpose in work. But you've got to find your purpose in relationships. Mm. <laughs> you've got to find your purpose in relation to fitness and health and, and joy. Like the conversations I have with people about what is it that you do for fun that doesn't help? You're not allowed to, the rules are you can't help anyone else. Right? You can't say, oh, you know, I do this charity work. That's cool. But that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your bliss. What do you do that makes you feel like a child that brings you joy? And, and it, it can't be about making money and it can't be about helping other people. 90 odd percent of people say, I don't know, because hmm. we, we, as adults, we get all serious and professional and boring. 
So, so there's purpose in everything. And if we go back to the garden analogy, you know, you might have a lovely bush of like a fruit tree and that could be your business or your career. So you've got to tend to that and make sure that that evolves. Uh, your, your purpose always evolves. I don't think it's static. But if yeah, you're starting great. out, you've got to start with a small seed. Every garden starts with a seed. And you've got to plant a seed and you've got to be curious. Steve Jobs spoke about this, right? Stay curious. What that means is try things out. And this is where education has pummeled us oh. and, and killed creativity. Don't go there. And, yeah. and there's a strong, powerful TED Talk on this concept. Right? So education. Ken Robinson. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, like being an entrepreneur, you have to get familiar with making mistakes. Yeah. Being in a relationship, you have to get familiar with, you know, <laughs> lots of things. I'm, I'm just conscious that my fiance might listen to this. You know, you, you've got to make mistakes. You've got to try things out. But I think where I messed up, where I met Ro was I tried things out, got a bit greedy and got a bit excited and then took too much on. And that's where I created financial stress for myself. Hmm. So when I started from scratch all over again, I said, okay, I don't know what my purpose is, but I'm going to bring it down to what would I love to experience today that would bring me joy, right? Hmm. And I'm not joking. You know, Ro, I, I don't know how much you know about this. And I might be sharing something that you're not familiar with. There was a time when I left Rich Dad where I made a couple of investment mistakes and I completely screwed myself financially. You know, it was like a three, four day period where I couldn't even afford a one pound cheese sandwich at Morrison's. And, and I was ashamed because I was a Rich Dad speaker previously. I'd gone on this mission to go and save the world and I just screwed myself. And that was a testing time. I was really challenged as to whether I was making a massive mistake. And, you know, it, it was tough. It was a dark period and, and one that I regrettably went through alone. I didn't ask my friends for assistance, which I should have done. Uh, and anyone listening, you know, if you're going through a difficult period, please reach out because you'll be surprised how much people want to help. Agreed. And I, I would literally sit there going, I've got no money. I literally had a bag of change, one, two, five Bitcoins. And I said, okay, gosh, I don't even know what my purpose is here. I'm going to start with doing something small that I love today. And this might seem silly, right? And it is quite funny if I think about it in hindsight. But I literally went to the tea and cake shop around the corner and had a cup of tea, English breakfast, a scone with cream and jam. And I was like, I'm, I deserve to have this even though I effed up, right? And I started nurturing my spirit, my consciousness with what I loved. Now, what happens when you nurture and tend to a garden with good nutrients? It grows, right? Yeah. Exactly. So then I was like, okay, what would I love now? I'd love to coach people. I'd love to create seminars. I'd love to call my dad and say, you know what, dad, you were a really bad father, but I still love you. And actually, you might not have been the father that I wanted, but you're the father that I needed in order for me to fulfill my purpose. So I love yeah. you and I'm grateful. And then the more I focused on what I wanted to create that I loved, it was this like, all of a sudden, it's this organic garden that got out of control. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think it was Roger Hamilton that once said, you know, if you grow a beautiful garden it creates an ecosystem insects come birds come it attracts it's vibrant it's colorful it creates energy and so i would say if you've got absolutely no clue about your purpose start with something small what would you love to do in this moment and that and you know while ron's talking the crossover of, of our journey has been amazing because we both and harminder's more recently been introduced to some of Roger Hamilton's teachings around wealth dynamics, et cetera. But you and I spent some time in that space as well, didn't we? Just exploring who we are, what yeah. we loved, how we should show up. And there's another conversation for another day, but a lot of it was aligning to what 
what we were loving and, and experiencing and, and having yeah. fun with. You know, like I, told, I said, you've got to take out the weeds of your consciousness, right? I had a massive weed of my consciousness right then during that yeah. period, which was pride and shame. Yeah. I, I should have like reached out to someone like you. I, I'm sure if I said, hey, dude, I'm screwed financially. What do you think I should do? You would have probably spent a couple of hours with me and come, and we would have come up with an idea. I suffered for like four years yeah. in, in silence. And, and, and that's what drives me, you know. It's not so much positivity and inspiration that drives me. It's knowing that people are in pain. And I know that they are—they have more potential than they realize. And uh, when I see suffering in the world, and I see people who are who are blinded by their potential, that's where—that's what gets me going. You know, I have—I have quite direct conversations with people that's—and and they don't know if they should be inspired or afraid, because often I get so passionate about seeing someone's potential and saying, "Listen, I, I refuse to give up on you. If if you want to give up." I'm not going to allow you to do that. I know where you live. I'm coming to your house. No, don't say that. But do you get what I'm saying? And sometimes you need someone who gives you a bit of tough love and says, listen, you're going through a tough period. You're doubting yourself. It's normal. You're facing your inner demons. But you can always create your way out of a situation. And that's one of the fundamentals that I teach in, in, my, in my workshops is the best way to evolve yourself, the best way to heal yourself, the best way to, to get what you want is to master creativity because you can create your way out of anything, I believe. So staying on this theme of love then. So, so the key thing, um, I'm, I'm wanting to extract things as you, and I'm, I'm right. I mean, I'm writing down little phrases here, which, which are jumping out, which are great that we can. We've got a t-shirt and a fridge magnet company. Yeah, exactly. And we've got show notes, which is great. So they're going to come up through our show oh, cool. notes. So through the process of super consciousness uh, to create what you love, one of the first primary things you're talking about here is starting with, just doing something simple as doing what you love today. Just right. starting. It's a first step, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like we go to seminars and we see speakers on stage and they're like, oh yeah, I'm changing the world. And I've spoken in front of a million people and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even get one person to like a post on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, purpose can often be overwhelming and, and stressful. And you just got to start small, evolve that seed, maybe plant another seed tomorrow, another seed the next day. Some of those seeds may never take root and, and and grow but i mean think about the seed between myself and you rohan you know Amanda, you mentioned i don't know if it was off a call or in the call that we had met already you know look at that who would have guessed that that seed that one moment where we did hang out at a dinner very quickly for 20 minutes would blossom into an opportunity to be on a podcast you get what i'm saying so mm-hmm. one thing that i love about life is dropping seeds everywhere nurturing them every now and then when I get a whisper to do so really paying attention to what I love you know that that's really crucial that that is a whole podcast on its own by the way yeah but even right down to what customers do I love working with that's important you know okay what- so I'm, I'm gonna put my hand up right we're booking him in for a, a podcast on <clears throat> what you love <laughs> yeah cool. you know like even down to real estate which you know you think like how can you apply love to real estate well, so true. what properties do you love? In right. other words, that that are aligned with your purpose. What tenants do you love? You know, if I think back to all the mistakes I made, I, I did so, it out of trying to make money and desperate. Exactly. It's wrong. Yeah. So, so what you don't know is that I probably had that very conversation with Harms and his wife. How long ago, Harms? About a year and a half? 
Wow, cool. Wow, feels like a year and a half, two years ago, same just, conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, just, okay, wow. so let's, let's pull apart the strategies. What do you love? You know, what, what gives you the most yeah, pleasure? And then let the rest go. Yeah, because life's too short to do stuff you don't dig, you know? So, you just... can, so I know Harms is each and to ask question. Can I just, for the listeners, could you define in your own words, in, in Ryan Pinnock's words, super consciousness, so people understand your definition of it? I know it's come up a few times and we've come yeah, at sure. it at different angles. Yeah, when I, when I think of super consciousness, I think of intuition, imagination, genius, high vibration, higher self, guiding spirit, all, all of that stuff. And and you have to, when you talk about super consciousness, you have to talk about unconsciousness. And if we go back to the garden analogy, unconsciousness is or the weeds that are holding you back. Super consciousness is the whisper that's trying to drive you forward. <laughs> so and that's how I would uh, talk about it just in a simple term but that's a great because those words you just put out there someone will resonate with that and we just want to attach a meaning to that absolutely now i yeah well you're right i am itching to ask the next question which is that person who maybe approached you ryan and said okay i need to sort my life and business out ultimately at one point they're really striving for success whatever that is to them Mm. now one thing you mentioned as part of your story was you know you you just followed along with your instinctive intuition how did that play out? How did you follow your intuition that has led you to this success? Because ultimately, that when somebody comes to you, a part of what they're wanting is, hey, look, after this process or after working with Ryan or after listening to the Growth Tribes podcast, whatever it is, I want to get closer to success. How does intuition play a role in that? Yeah. I, I, By the way, can, I, you, can, yeah. You jump, can you throw in some signals, you know, sort of red, green, amber, but what, what will be some of the signals? Because some of our younger listeners may not understand what to look for, if you could throw that in as well along the way. Yeah, I think, you know, for me personally, it was, now I'm going to get a little bit, a bit boring, if you don't mind. I, I, I found a, a mentor in, in superconsciousness. I got trained, yeah. So, so yes, we're all intuitive. Yes, we all have very powerful imaginations. Yes, we all have a genius, but our education system doesn't support that. I think it was Einstein that said, you know, we created a society that celebrates the rational mind and Mm. makes the intuitive mind the servant when actually we were actually born to be the other way around. So I almost don't feel like I should take any credit for anything I've created apart from choosing the right people to give me guidance. (laughs) That's probably the biggest success I've had in my life, to be honest, Uh, and and one that shouldn't be, you know, overlooked. So so I've been been trained. I mean, I, I, you know, it's tough you know sometimes you get some japanese knotweed in your consciousness and that is that's tough to get out of your consciousness you know and what i mean by that is you know being going for greatness exploring a purpose creating wealth for me my my biggest demon is is intimacy uh physical intimacy sexually i mean with my partner because of violations i've witnessed my mother go through and so for me my, my biggest weed in my consciousness or my biggest demon is sexual, physical intimacy with my partner. It actually terrifies me even still today. And so the reason I say that is, you know, we, we all, we, everybody wants the dream. Everybody wants to live the best life possible. But some people don't have the skill to do it. Some people mm-hmm. don't have the right support. And some people are just too lazy. Right? No, so you have to roll your sleeves up. And you, you know, you've got to get dirty. You've got to face your demons. You've got to feel uncertain. You've got to stretch yourself. The analogy, which I'm sure you guys have heard before, is you've got to be that uh, butterfly in the cocoon who goes through the stress 
of expanding its wings in such a way that you break through the restrictions of the cocoon that you think you're in, because that's just an illusion, by the way. In psychological theories, they talk about cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance mm. is when you actually go from one level or belt, as we've called it, of consciousness to another. Like if, you, if anyone's experienced anything around addiction, and if you're not, if you've never experienced anything personally around addiction, try go sugar-free for eight weeks. Right. <laughs> go sugar. You're gonna turn. You're gonna be. You're gonna go from being happy to psychotic within two hours. I can guarantee you that. Right. So the reason I challenge people to have that experience is you literally have to detox like an addict from the negative emotions that hold you back. And you you you're gonna you're gonna literally get the sweats. You're gonna you're gonna literally have bad thoughts. It's tough. Because, um, because you're also, what you're doing is you're ripping a part of your identity away from you. It's like, I yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a chemical reaction. Mate. Yeah, like that's who I am. You're starving me of a part of who I am. Well, that's what I yeah. believe I am. Neuroscience shows that emotions are chemical reactions. We're all addicts. Yeah. Okay? So Napoleon Hill, who many people will know, and if you don't know him, check him out, did a 20-year exhaustive study of the most successful people in the U.S. during Henry Ford's time. 150 mm-hmm. people he studied over 20 years. Thinking grow rich. Half of my life, right? Wrote that book, Think and Go Rich, Timeless. And he didn't dedicate the naughty boy. He didn't dedicate a chapter to arguably what I teach. And that is the number one reason he he just he discovered the number one reason people fail is an inability to deal with their negative emotions under stress. Mm. You look at Robin Williams, Michael Jackson, uh, even to some degree, Tiger Woods, uh, George Best. You know, creating success is quite easy if you've got the right people around you. Keeping it takes mm. self-awareness. And that's mm. where consciousness is critical. And that's why I'm very successful in the entrepreneur space. When I do big conferences in front of a thousand people, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grand Condone goes on stage, does his 10x thing, gets people all excited. And then I say, hey, man, who has been successful and screwed it up because you've done something silly? And everyone raises up hand. I go, cool, I'm going to unscrew you, if that makes sense. I've never said it like that. <laughs> I might need to rephrase that, but but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the reason I I don't have the biggest seminar company, but I've got customers who who create great results because I'm upfront. I'm like, guys, you know what? Hmm. This is going to be the most difficult thing you've ever undertaken in your life. And and paradoxically, it's the most rewarding. And that is discovering what your purpose is because the only person stopping you from being great is you. Like it's not any circumstance. It's not the government. It's not the economy. It's not your family. It's not your past. It's you, the stuff between your ears. So let's do that. Let's work on that. So staying on that theme then, digging a bit deeper, because you talked about this from your own journey and you know, for me, it's a passion. So that path that took Ryan and I in different directions, ultimately still leading to the same outcome for people, which is transformation. Mine went down my path of working my, with my turning point tools, uh, Ryan with his super genius, but both of us of a similar under, underpinning theme, which is, you know, working with that self-sabotage that happens very early on in kids. And, and so my daughters have historically gone through uh, a Waldorf Steiner education. I don't know if you're aware of it, Ryan, but they yeah. teach a lot about that first five to six years of unconsciousness. So they don't push children the same way the conventional education system does. It's 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 completely opposite to how the conventional uh, education system works. It's it's about nurturing creativity, not conformity, which we know is what the system's cool. about. But the self-sabotage that you talked about, which we've all mm-hmm. experienced in some way, shape or form. Give us some 
insights? Because I know there'll be many people wanting to have a look and at the, can- at the end they can go and find out how to contact you and, and go through the workshops, et cetera. But give us some insights into how they can start working to overcome some of this unconscious self-sabotage through this process that you're talking about. What would be a few steps at this stage they could start to look at and reflect on? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I literally go through, you would almost call it an inventory. Okay. Right? So if I'm under stress, because stress is obviously a signal that you're not happy with something and, yeah. and you know, it leads to all sorts of things. As you know, Ro, you were the first person to introduce me to the concept of health and well-being at the level that you know, you're very passionate about and now that I'm very passionate about. So, so you know, obviously stress is a major factor in, in all areas of life. And, and stress is a signal that you're not in flow, right? So something's wrong. So that's cool. You just need to get an MOT. And the way I MOT my consciousness, if I can use that analogy, or take it into the workshop for those of you outside of the UK, <laughs> you know, take it to the workshop, mechanics workshop, is I say, okay, what am I thinking? So you, here are literally some steps people can implement straight away. I literally stop myself. I, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Like if I'm about to do a, a presentation in a big audience, I actually get quite nervous, particularly if I don't know the audience, right? If it's my audience, they know me, I've got rapport, it's cool. But I think it was last year or the year before I did a 30-minute talk in front of over a 1,000 people at a massive conference, and I was really nervous because I had to sell consciousness to property investors in 30 minutes. I was like, oh, my God, this is tough. <laughs> so if I allowed my anxiety and stress to get the better of me, I think I would have done an okay job. Right? I've yeah. got enough experience not to completely bomb i'm not a first timer yeah but i don't want to be average i don't want to be mediocre and i don't want people to forget me i want people to go that dude was better than cardone right so that's genius so what i first have to do right we have to weed out the stuff in my consciousness that's not helping me right now so what doesn't help me what am i thinking i don't belong here i only have 30 minutes it's like powerless mentality yeah yeah people aren't going to understand I normally speak for 60 minutes, which is true. I'm used to, I, back then I prepared a very solid 60-minute presentation in a multi-speaker environment. I'm not as wealthy as a lot of these people. That comes up for me a lot, you know, really not good enough stuff around money. So I, I literally write all this stuff down. So I'm like, cool, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, what am I feeling? I'm feeling really stressed. Very openly, I, I sponsored that event. Uh, I was one of the sponsors. I paid was 20,000 pounds for that 30 minute slot so I had to make money back to get my return on investment so there's pressure yeah like people just think you go on stage and speak and it's like amazing like no there's a there's a commercial element to this consciousness aspect so I paid to be there so I'm like gosh 20 grand is a lot of money for for me and my business so if I start making it about that stuff then I'm going to come across too salesy too desperate I, I don't know yeah so I literally by becoming aware of my thoughts my feelings, and also, this is critical, my emotions. For me, primarily, I'm a fear-driven person if I allow my past to control my behavior. Yeah. So then I say, what's my fear telling me? Don't swear on stage. Be nice. Conform. Don't be controversial. Focus on selling. Now, funny enough, if I take all of those things out, the reason people love me is because I am a little crazy on stage. I've been very well behaved on this podcast, by the way, because I respect you guys. But if this is my Thank podcast, you. which I find of- interesting because you know me well enough to know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people love that I'm outrageous. You know, there was a dude who arrived at the talk. I, I was speaking at lunchtime, by the way. I wasn't even a main speaker. Uh, there was a guy who arrived five minutes late for my work, for my talk. I pulled him up. I was like, mate, 
where the hell have you been? You're five minutes late for the most important talk of your life. Like, sit down and shut up. Get your pen out. So those are things that my ego, my unconscious mind would say, oh, my gosh, you can't say that. It's England. But mm. people actually like that because I do it with respect. So once I clear all the stuff that I think I should do out of my awareness, I then find that I, my creativity, my intuition, my imagination, my unique self comes out. You know, if I was a very professional speaker who used predictable pers- uh, public speaking methods, well, guess what? Everyone's seen that. Mm. Um, you know, so, so what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are your emotions? And this is, if you can answer the next question, my gosh, you are on the road to self-mastery. What are my emotions telling me to do? In other words, what are my emotions telling me to take in terms of action? You know, so yeah. if I'm in fearful mode, it's like, just get it done with, move on, get on stage, get off stage. Just, just do that. That's not going to make me sales. Right? I've got to walk on stage and, and be brave and get over my fear. So, so I think if you can get an inventory of that, practice that, you, you're well on your way to clearing the, your consciousness to plant good stuff in. And then obviously follow it up with one more question. And that is, what would I love to do now that I know what my emotions want me to do? What does my spirit want me to do? What does my genius want me to do? And do I believe it's possible? Doesn't matter. Do I have the resources? It's irrelevant. I will create the resources somehow. Uh, if I passionately believe that I want something, I'll go all in and I'll go for it and I never give up. Just, that you can ask yourself. So just coming back to these as well, because uh, you know one of my biggest passions is, is having really important questions at, any, at the most crucial time. Yeah. I think that defines how somebody reacts yeah. to a situation. So when we talk about what am I feeling, what am I thinking, what are my emotions? If somebody finds themselves drawn to self-sabotaging feelings, yeah or thinking or emotions, is there a steer on that from your philosophy of teaching? Because ultimately we don't want them, well, unless you say actually that's part of the process, don't to be drawn down into a deeper place. I'm, I'm assuming there's a guide through this. Yeah. yeah. So my, my experience, because I've had therapy, I've had medication for you know depression and so forth, and, and I think there is a place for that, by the way. I'm not criticizing that, and I'm also not a doctor yeah, uh, I'm not a, cl- a clinical expert. So if you are experiencing extreme depression or even suicide, which is un- you know tragically very common in our society, please yeah. seek professional help. And once you've got that sorted and you've got that foundation sorted and you've got up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which if you're not familiar with, please look it up. It's a fantastic tool to guide you through, you would argue, you know, the belts of consciousness, I suppose. Once you've got a, a reasonable foundation, what I like to do is I found this to be useful is what are my negative emotions and thoughts saying? Where do they want to take me? And now that I'm aware of it, I've created choice. Yeah. See, because what I used to do was try and suppress my fear. You, you may hear a lot in personal development, what you resist persists. I used to try and resist my fear. But what I was actually inadvertently doing was focusing on my fear. I was giving it power and energy. So I, I'm okay to go on stage and go, I'm totally nervous. But I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on giving the audience the best possible talk I can right now. And yep. in a way, this is where you really start to get to first and second Dan stuff. I'm going to channel that fear and turn that energy into creativity. And that's what I call, and that's a process called alchemy. That's like the highest level of consciousness that I teach people is let's actually give you more tension in life, right? So when people do super advanced trainings with me, I say to them straight up, if you come to my workshop, 
I'm going to give you more tension, not stress, yeah. creative tension, purpose, yeah. commitment, drive. I'm going to, I'm going to bring out a spirit deeper than you that you didn't even know existed. And it's going to freak you out, but I'm then going to teach you how to channel that to produce a result and, and make that, you know, powerful for you, if that makes sense. So, so I think you have to, you have to look your fear in the face. You have to look at your anger in the face and, and head on. If you, if you're feeling depressed, yeah, you know, it's a, it's actually okay to feel depressed, yeah. but don't act out on depression. If depression is saying hide away, keep to yourself or, or, or drink, don't do that. Rather, so, rather admit what it's saying to you. I think a distinction here for the listeners and I just want to clarify something here because it's very powerful. It goes right back to what we talked about at the beginning and that Ryan raised with responsibility, taking responsibility is by asking these questions, it then creates an awareness. And once you're aware of something, you have a choice now how you deal with that. And if you take responsibility for that choice and redirect it, we're right back to where we started, which is that infinite decision that we all make is, can I take responsibility for it? And if I do, great, that means I can take responsibility for everything in my life. I'm, and I'm not saying you're at fault for things. You know, someone could have wronged you, right? You know, someone yeah, yeah, sure. might have done something wrong. So, so we're not saying that it's your fault, no. but you are responsible for feeling rejected. Correct, yeah. That's critical, you see? Yeah. That's the uh, distinction, isn't it? Yeah, that's critical. Yeah. yeah. Mm, interesting. So I don't want to be throw a, too much of a curveball, Ryan, but let's assume that the person having this conversation and asking all these questions to you is not a troublesome, but somebody who's going to kick back a little bit. And they're, say, I don't know, 22, 25. So, of course, their ego is out of control. But they come to you and they say, okay, this process is amazing. This is, I get how I how I can overcome this. But when I, what about when I get to the point where you mentioned about the emotions then telling me what to do? So at that stage, before you ask the final questions of, of the process, but their response to you is, but if I follow my emotions, isn't that too risky? Isn't that going to put me in jeopardy or my career in jeopardy or financial yeah. jeopardy? And and this is where I think a lot of people within the age of 20 and 30 come from, which is they're so scared or adverse to taking risk that they may say that step in your process is actually risky. How? What would be your response to them in that scenario? The biggest risk you can take in life is acting out of your emotions, you know, this is normally at the stage of my presentation where I say, raise your hand if you've sent an email out of anger and then realized as soon as you clicked enter, you've made a mistake, right? So what's <laughs> happened there, right? You were perfectly sane two minutes ago, right? You're scrolling on Facebook, stalking your ex or whatever the case is, right? You were like, oh, this is great. Oh, look at my ex. She's, her life has gone downhill since breaking up with me. She deserves it. You know, you're in a good space, right? But anyway, that's what I do. But um, so... So <laughs> are we still recording? So, <laughs> so, and then you get an email from your landlord or, you know, your boss or whatever, and you go into instant anger and you're like, my God, do you know who I think I am? And you send them an email with your opinion and you're righteous and judgmental and critical. And, you know, you send them an ebook, right? Like there's pages and pages, but you click enter and then you're like, uh, what did I just do? So what happened there? So what happened is, you allowed your emotions to get the better of you. And this is now literally opening a new can of worms, right? Emotions are tension. People take action when there's tension. So procrastination, for example, is a lack of tension. You know, think about when you had a school project. When did you do it? The day that the project was assigned or the night before? 
always the night before because that's when you had tension. So emotion is tension. Tension creates action. So what you need to do if you really want to be superhuman is you need to learn how to control your emotions and stop them from making you take action that's going to lead you to regrets or mistakes or self-sabotage. So therefore, the first step of uh, unleashing your genius is actually what are my emotions driving me to do, right? So that's the first step. So then the second part is, and this is like, you know, the biggest risk is letting your emotions drive your life. Carl Jung said it best. This is actually my favorite quote of all time. It's the fundamental premise of everything I teach. And the more people do trainings with me, the more they realize how true this is. Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, Mm -hmm. it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Right? That's so good. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Until you make the unconscious Mm -hmm. conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Very simply put, we have emotions. Most people act out of their emotions. You just have to look at Trump, right? I mean, that dude's the president of the US. He's got genius in some areas, but then in sometimes on Twitter, you think, what the hell was he thinking when he sent that? You know, even Elon Musk Musk sometimes, you know, the guy's a legend. And then sometimes he tweets and you think, what the hell was he thinking, right? (laughs) So so we're all human. We all act out of our emotions. And that's, that's the first thing. The biggest risk is acting out of your emotions. You are guaranteed to create what you want if you follow the whisper. Mm, I love that. Of your intuition, you know? So, so mm. the skill basically and what I teach people is detach from your, detach from taking action from your emotion, not, not, not feel emotion, right? You've got to feel your emotions. You've got to let them be there. But you've got to act out of intuition, not in reaction to your feelings. So on that thing, thing, because what's great listening to this is there's two spectrums of listeners. I mean, we've got the whole plethora all the way through the middle, but I'm going to ask an opposite question to what you asked, Harms. I'm going to throw a question into the pot and say that there will be people listening to this who are, you know, I'm 50, 55, but 60, 55, 60, 65, and they're desperately hearing this and thinking, actually, this kind of makes sense. Do you, from your observation, find that people of different age groups receive this teaching at a different level of understanding and meaning does somebody at a young age go i'm an open book wow i get this i'm an energetic dynamic not so many things to mend i'll jump straight in whereas somebody 55 60 goes oh you don't understand young ryan i've i've been doing this <laughs> i'm stuck in this rut for so fucking long you can't you know yeah. i don't care what you tell me it does do you see that? Is it down to somebody's level of consciousness before they even walk in the door with you? Or is age nothing to do with it? Yeah, age has nothing to do with it. And if I can give someone, if, you can, if I can give you guys a template to research, which is fantastic. It's another context or frame by which you can map your life out, right? It's something called The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. Really mm-hmm. profound work. So one of the critical parts of the journey, you know, I'm not going to go into it for the purpose of time, but one of the most critical parts of the journey is the calling phase. So effectively, you know, that's kind of when I was talking to you, Ro, when I was 26, 27, going, man, there's something I'm supposed to be doing and I can't figure out what it is. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? You know? So we all have a calling. Now, here's the thing, right? This is tragic. This is real tragedy. And I hope we don't finish on this tragedy. It, it's often like how many people can you think of in your life or the listeners listening here, which could be the reason why they're listening to this, 
but calling came as a result of some negative experience in their life, cancer, divorce, mm -hmm. lost business, retirement. Mm -hmm. You know how many people in their 60s come to my workshops because they've retired now and they're like, oh gosh, yeah. what do I do with my life? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a tragedy of the human experience in my opinion and I'm hoping to fix this in my lifetime or, or at least create a, a legacy that fixes it over time where we wake people up before the tragedy hits. Right. And Ryan, you know, I'm sitting here literally on the corner of the table because I've been doing a reading for somebody online is my book, Turning Point. Same philosophy. It's like the book, yeah, the turning yeah. point was to avoid people having to wait for the turning point to happen. Yeah, exactly. You can create it. Yeah, exactly. Mine was losing you know, contact with my daughter at 19. Right. So I would love to raise the consciousness of the planet in such a way that they that people become intuitively aware of what their calling is before a tragedy knocks sense into them that they're wasting their life because that's actually what happens. I would say, you know, I don't have stats on this, but I could possibly do a survey. At least 70% of people who come to my seminars have had a negative experience that have woken them up and realized, gosh, I'm okay. off center, I'm off flow. And, okay. and that can happen at any point in time. Now, that's the good news is, right, that the audience is getting much younger because of the internet. Yeah. So I think in terms of age, that's probably the only observation I've got. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and you know what? What's great is I, I have had a similar observation over the years and younger people are now coming in almost saying, fuck it. I don't want to, I don't want to have the same experience they had. I want to avoid. I don't want to be like my parents, mate. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they see the journey and they, they want another journey. In, yeah, exactly. For me, I say that, you know, you want to avoid the turning point. You want to create your own one. Exactly. So, Bingo. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. 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 So we have had an incredible amount of information, wisdom, knowledge, to process and I'm sure our listeners are listening to this absolutely grateful so this has been incredibly valuable and looking at the time wow we've we're over we're just ticking over 90 minutes and that's just flown by it's first of my <laughs> time actually so that's yeah, I've only just that, done the introduction I know <laughs> I know that's that's a, that's the a power of what we're talking about and we I think what I feel has happened we've given you a bit of a white belt chat we've given you some black belt chat and we've given you something in between and and that's probably a good way to understand the the, the levels of conversation that's been happening today. So thank you, Ryan, for joining us on this conversation. Oh, and there's and two final... We've given you an invitation to join us again, of course. Yeah, of course. Hey, man, I'm, I'm available. Like, it's totally cool. I'm, I'm super, super grateful for the conversation. I know you guys are doing great work. And I know that you give people slots, you know, very selectively. And I'm, I am very honored to, to have had this opportunity. So thank you so much. That's a pleasure. Now, I just want to leave you with two questions, Ryan. Number one is where can people find out more about you, your work? And for listeners at home, all everything Ryan says, that will be on the show notes as well. So you can just go onto the show notes at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast, click the link and you'll be straight into Ryan's world. And then the second question is, do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners or or any actions you recommend. And that being said, I appreciate you've given listeners incredible amount of action steps within some of the topics we've spoken about. So I'll leave that one open to you. So over to you for question number one. Cool. Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Look, I, I, all I want to do is help people out. I just want to support people. So we, we actually do provide free training as a trial. And one of the great things about what we're going through right now is I've had the time, I've always had the vision to create a digital mechanism by which people can consume content globally so if people go to supergeniuscoaching.com forward slash free trial that's super 
genius.com forward slash free trial. You can actually just get straight into super cool meditations, all the recordings of previous coaching sessions I've had. And uh, obviously look me up on social media, Ryan Pinnick. And so the second question, you know, probably might surprise you guys. And, and I think this just comes down to my dogged nature and, and really where I came from is that I, it's even making me really upset now if I say this. It's making me so emotional. I just want people to realize how awesome they are. And, and I, you know, apologies for swearing. I just feel really passionate about this because we don't, we don't make people, we don't spend enough time. We don't, we don't give people tough love when they want to give up on their purpose or their dreams. Like everyone, you're not born here to consume oxygen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like everyone is here, in my belief, to to really create something super profound. Everyone here has natural gifts and talents to bring to the world. And, and, and by doing so, they'll make the world a better place. You know, if just anyone that's got a little feeling that they're here to, to create something great, find as many people as you can who can support you on that journey and just don't give up on yourself. Like, you know, because... The world is harsh, you know. Uh, I think when you, if you do on an entrepreneurial journey, you realize that the marketplace doesn't care about how great your product is. You gotta, you gotta make a stand for yourself. So the world is quite ruthless in that sense. And so you really have to find people that can lift you up when you get knocked down. I get the image of Rocky now, because you're gonna get knocked down a lot. It's part of the process. And and so now that you expect it, just get on with it. Mm. And I think if if people want one action they can take. As inspiration, I would recommend they read a book called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And I'll tell you something, when I read that book, I cried the whole way through because it's every chapter is just one disaster to the next. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's like you think like, okay, cool. He was probably sitting in a bar one day, came up with an, an idea called <laughs> Nike, and now he's a tr- trillionaire, you know. But every chapter in that book is just one disaster. And the reason I cried when I read that book was, the more successful I became, the more disasters I had mm. to deal with. Yeah. And I realized, sorry to maybe create a different context here, but the universal God never gives you more than you can handle. So yeah. if you're going through something and you feel like you can't handle it, this is just your opportunity to level up and go yeah. to a new belt. So just keep going. Fantastic message. Yeah. Thank, thank you, brother. Love you, mate. Love you too. Amazing. So off the back of that, you know where to find us. You can join us on the next episode and everything that we spoke about today, plus where to find Ryan will be on the show notes at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. And that's our self signing off. We'll see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. 
Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast. Podcast.